Bidzy Small Business Society number 162. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am chatting with Thomas Lindsay. Thomas is the owner and CEO of Humanly HR and the founder and host of the Small Biz Brainiac podcast. Thomas has 20 years of professional employer organization or POE experience with expertise in myriad aspects to help the small business owner and entrepreneur like risk management, HR, and payroll. Thomas's goal is to help his clients thrive as an employer and become a leader in their industry. Welcome, Thomas. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? You bet, Rob. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I really, I really uh, am excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for bringing uh, up the time, man. Well, I'm uh, married going on 25 years now. We have a 14-year-old daughter and an almost two-year-old boy. And we live in Gilbert, Arizona. I love to mountain bike and snowboard and... I love to read about uh, libertarian and Austrian economics. I'm a student of those two concepts. Uh, but I'm working on uh, just now growing uh, the podcast, Small Biz Brainiac, which is kind of a, a way to educate my, my audience, uh, my target audience, about the need for HR outsourcing, HR compliance, all the issues you know that they have to deal with that that might, they might not even know about, and growing uh, humanly HR is 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 my quest. Uh, just coming off of the heels of of having been the chief operating officer for a large PEO for the past, um, well, I've been in that industry as you mentioned for for over twenty years. Um, the latest company I was with, uh, that's co-founder and CEO up to one point where the investment group came in after gaining a majority control and and then uh, put me in as the COO, which was actually a, a, a much needed uh, position change and a great move for the company. But after about three and a half, uh, almost four years of doing that, I, I sort of burnt out and decided that 
I wanted to get back to a, a smaller uh, group and have more control over my own uh, destiny and, and income. And, and so we actually, the CEO and I partnered together to start um, Humanly HR. Great stuff, man. Great. Now, I just want to say, uh, I want to save myself a little bit of editing here and just say that I sort of messed up on the uh, Professional Employer Organization acronym. It's actually PEO. I think I said P-O-E. So uh, yeah, thanks for uh, correcting me there, I guess. But uh, yeah, we want to talk more about libertarianism and sort of your philosophical viewpoints on the economy, Thomas. But first, I want to ask, what was happening around you that you saw as the opportunity to really launch a business that helps people become that leader in their organization or that leader in their industry? Well, every time uh, Congress gets together, every time a regulator shows up to work, the need for what we do, it grows. It, it, it grows every day, as a matter of fact. And and I've, as I've been in this industry and watched over the course of the years, the, the volume of regulation has just grown exponentially. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's out of control. And if it hadn't been for all of the technological advancements and all the great, you know, service providers that had event that have entered this space to help in small businesses with these issues, there's just no way that you can survive. Uh, the, the, the volume is just too significant. So the business has has just grown considerably. It's almost it's it's a fairly easy concept to to sell. Um, but the way we do it in the PEO space is we we come in and, and take over as the employer and, and handle most of the statutory employer obligations. And that that is sort of a long sales process just because uh, you're you're asking them you've got to get them to have all that confidence and trust in, in you and your abilities. Well and that transparency too, I think, to do it right, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, because they're turning over such a, a large part of their business to you to manage. But the reality is they, they're in most small businesses really have no business uh, being a single employer, right? It's like trying to be a single parent and, and raise a family. It's extremely difficult to do. So you need to partner with someone. And in this case, um, the PEO is the perfect answer for that. Well, yeah, and I think you were handling a lot of the sort of less glamorous, uh, you know, back-end stuff. You're talking about HR and payroll, risk management. You're talking about loss control. This is a lot of stuff that, you know, is, again, less glamorous. A lot of us don't really want to sink our teeth into. Is that right? Is that what you're finding out there? Or? Yeah, it's not what you went into business to do, right? <laughs> you didn't start a business to, to, to be an employer and to do all those things. You went into business to sell your, your service or your product. Yeah, a lot of moving parts, absolutely. So let's go back a bit. So talk about the types of regulation that the government is imposing um, that sort of hinders the small business, it hinders and maybe even kills the small business, Thomas. Well, like I say, every day they get together, it just, uh, there's more and more. I, one, of the, one of the biggest changes that's coming up here for December 1st is the change in the, in the salary basis test or the level the salary level test for what qualifies as a exempt employee from overtime. They're doubling the amount of salary now that has to be paid in order for that employee to qualify as 
a salary exempt employee under the Fair Labor Standards Act and to be and to be exempt from overtime wages. If you want to avoid having to pay overtime, then you got to double their salary basically at this point. That's huge. They they estimate that 4 million employees are going to experience a significant wage increase as a result because either they're going to get that bump or they're going to be entitled to overtime compensation. And if you don't understand that as a small business, if you haven't heard about that yet, if you're not aware of it, or if your service provider isn't keeping you in the loop, then you're setting yourself up for, I mean, the people who are going to be happy to tell you about it are the lawyers. <laughs> they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be happy to educate you uh, after the fact, you know, after you've already violated the law and, and, and now you're subject to, to penalties. Absolutely. So, sorry, did you say a 50% increase or a 100% increase? What did you say there? Uh, I actually don't remember what I said, but it's 100% increase. It's doubling the, the amount. So it went from- yeah, So that, this, is, this is crippling for somebody who is on a, on a, on a tight budget, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to sit down and do the analysis and say, okay, well, what, you know, over the last year, what did I pay this person and how many hours did they work? And so my choice is either, you know, pay the overtime, calculate what the overtime would be and add that to what I paid them and, or, or, um, increase the salary to, to the new limit. And you, you, you need to do that. But actually what you need to do the first step is because a lot of people don't understand the difference between salary exempt and non-exempt. What makes, makes, how do you determine? And so that's really the first step you need to do is you, you've got to, if you, if you don't already know that you have that dialed in and that all the employees are properly identified, then you need to do that first. You need to go through the test, the 11 point test and, and determine whether they're, they're, exempt or not. And it sounds like if you don't figure that out sooner than later, it could get expensive down the road just to figure that out, right? Um, very. And it's actually, I said 11-point test, but the, that, that, that's the test for determining whether someone's an employee or independent contractor. Yeah. The, the test for determining whether someone's ex, um, salary exempt or, or not is there's three different uh, categories you have to take a look at. Would it make sense to go over those three categories right now, Thomas? Sure, sure. We can look at those. So you you have a duties test. Um, that's the first thing you got to look at whether or not the work that they're doing qualifies uh, as being um, salary exempt. Then you have a salary uh, basis test. So how how are you paying them? What is the basis upon which you're you're paying them? And then the salary level test, and the level being the amount that you're paying them. Those are the three things that have to be examined. So sounds like a lot more work for the small business owner. Can you talk about something else that's kind of grinding on you right now, some of those regulations that, uh, you know, again, hindering or maybe even killing the small business, Thomas? Well, if you're in the, if you are a franchisor or if you use uh, temporary employees, the National Labor Relations Board and their buddies at the Wage and Hour Division of the Department of Labor are on a mission to hold basically every employer who uses, who is either a franchisor or who uses contract labor as an employer of those people 
and responsible for compliance with the laws that those two organizations regulate. That's going to have a significant impact coming up. Yeah, so what are some of those laws, I guess? Well, the National Labor Relations Board is responsible for making sure employees have the right to unionize. And then the Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division is in charge of making sure that everyone is in compliance with the Fair Labor Standards Act and the, the, the proper payment of, of wages. So, for example, what the, the battleground happening right now is between the uh, National Labor Relations Board and McDonald's, the McDonald's uh, Corp, which is the, there's a, actually it's not, McDonald's Corp owns a subsidiary, wholly owned subsidiary that is the franchisor of the McDonald's restaurants. And that's the entity that the NLRB is trying to get uh, designated as a joint employer of all the employees of its franchisees. And holding them responsible then for compliance. So they've got yep. two places to to go to to and and it's joint and several, right? So you can't they won't let one off the hook. You know, you're both you're both on the hook. Now Thomas, I'm sensing a little bit of vitriol. Okay, and it could be based on some of our um, some of our pre-interview chat, but talk about libertarianism and why that's an important philosophy in today's economic landscape. Well, if we're ever going to change the direction that we're heading, if we're ever going to slow down or reverse the growth of government and and how intrusive it is on on us and on our businesses, on our personal lives, then we have to think differently. We need another party because there's really no difference between Democrats and Republicans at the end of the day. You know, they're taking us down the same path. We're just, we're just going at maybe slightly different speeds, uh, but the destination's the same. So we've, we've got to allow room for alternative thinking and the Libertarian Party's been out there for a long time. I think in the last couple of election cycles, it's gotten you know more notoriety or more publicity. But people are always afraid, you know, to vote that way because they think then it's just voting for the other party that you don't want to vote for. Because you know, their Libertarians are never going to win, right? So why should I? Why should I? Quote unquote, waste my vote on them. And but. If we don't start that process, then things are just going to continue down the same path where government grows bigger. They spend uh, us; they spend more money than they make. The debt increases every year, and you lose freedom every year. How much more of that can we take? How much longer can that go on? In a perfect world, the libertarians win the election, what does that world look like? What what would be, you know, the changes that would happen tomorrow if that was to take place, Thomas? Well, I think it would be ugly because the changes that have to happen are going to are extremely painful changes, right? <laughs> it's like there's a revolution. A, yeah, right? there's yeah. a correction that has to happen, right? There's a you've got to go through the process of bankruptcy. You have to go through through you have to cut your dependent children off, right? None of it's pretty. 
but it has to happen or you got to take that medicine in order for things to change. And if you don't do it, then, then when the train does finally crash or, you know, when the track runs out, that's going to be, it's going to be devastating for more people. It's going to be worse, a whole lot worse. Right. Uh, so what does it look like? I mean, I, I, there's so much to that. That's a, it's an excellent yeah, I question. Mean, it's an ex- extremely broad question. Right? Well, but, but it's but it's a great question, and it's an important one. Yeah, it is, and you you know you sort of have to take it kind of bit by bit and say, well, you know, and you need to do it. Whatever whatever's done needs to happen incrementally and over time, and and people need to be educated. I think that's one of the big things is because I think people just put their head in the sand, don't understand the economic impact of what's happening government does their damnedest to to paint a pretty picture and tell us that everything is okay and the media goes along with that but it isn't so you know my understanding and this this could just be total naivete and just uh, you know me not doing my full research here but you know, in an extreme laissez-faire system like that, Thomas, what what sort of problems could arise and how would you combat those problems? Well, you don't have to be extreme. Um, I would like that. <laughs> I think what, what happens at the end of the day, people need to take responsibility for themselves, right? People need to to stop depending on the government for everything. So pick an area. I mean, pick like like food where where the government is so heavily entrenched in in the safety aspect of you come to the point where basically you know you go to the store and if it's for sale at the store you 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 buy it because you know the FDA's wouldn't let you wouldn't let the grocery store sell it if it wasn't good for me <laughs> I, I think yeah, and we're going all the way back, like to to the farm subsidies and GMOs. It just this opens up such a large discussion. But keep going, please. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. It's 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 a huge discussion. But my point is, and the moral the moral of the story, I, I guess, is that that we need to take responsibility for ourselves and stop relying on the government to take care of us from cradle to grave. You know, we want them there to do the basic things that they were in, that government was instituted to do, and and leave us alone to 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 live our lives and 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 choose how we want to interact with with other people. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but now we might be talking to a sort of a ma- maybe not the listeners of my show i like to think that these people are <laughs> a little more savvy but the mass population out there thomas just has maybe a fearful um approach to life and just feel that they need that safety net what would you what do you say to those people that get off on that culture of fear well what safety net or what uh the perceived safety net of what government provides Perceived safety nets. So we're talking like I'm in Canada here. So I would be talking about healthcare. We might be talking about food or the school system or energy or just just anything. You know, just anything that the government is you know involved in. Yes. Well, the government at its core is is if is all about force, right? And it's 
look who it's run by. <laughs> do we honestly believe that these people care about us? Do they? Do we really think that 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 these congressmen and these senators and the and, and the executive branch actually actually um, care about about my family? They, they they I don't believe that they do. They they do what they need to do to stay in power, and you know they even I've seen peop, good people go into politics and come out the other end completely changed. And it's not I, I think power corrupts, right? And 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 that's what you have happening. But what would I say to people is that. That if you if you have such little faith in your own ability or in in society that you need these elite people to dictate every aspect of our lives to us, which is what's happening, then then that's pretty sad. And I think you need you know maybe that's the we need a rebirth of some kind in that regard. You know, we, we just, we need to learn to depend on ourselves to make the right decisions. I mean, I look at it from the perspective of when you, when you, when you look at the issue of employment and you have an employee-employer relationship and you've got the government involved in the middle of that, dictating all of these terms and conditions. And at maybe at, a, at, at one point, well, actually, that's debatable too, but I won't go down <laughs> that road. <laughs> but I look at it today and say, look, are we, are we so ignorant and so incapable that, that, we, that two people can't get together and, and an employee and an employer can't get together and negotiate their own their own terms and conditions for for working, which you can't do. You can't do that. You know, the, there's things that you can't do, right? You can't pay less than minimum wage. Well, what if somebody wants to work for less than minimum wage? What if it's the only job that they can find? What if it's the only way that it makes sense for that employer to employ that person? Too bad. Can't do it. Sorry, go collect unemployment. Which is another whole different set of issues, right? Whole other set of issues. So how how is that good? It, it's it, but it's in every aspect of. I don't know how I've survived in this industry for so long <laughs> because I'm so jaded about it. Uh, I would gladly give up my job helping people comply with government regulation and to to you know fulfill all of their duties under the as an employer. I'd gladly give that up if we just had freedom, freedom to to for, for people to to interact. To contract with one another, and and without without government involvement, um, you know, it's like you look at you you look at um, just any area. Gosh, it's, it's look at garnishments, for example, where you know you have employers have been turned into policemen. They're they're responsible for extracting taxes from you. Now they're responsible for for extracting your the debts that you owe to other people, to for for child support. 
they're responsible for making sure that you have a right to work in the, in, in, in the country. They're responsible for, for uh, remitting all of these monies to all of these third parties. And if you don't, in, in the example of garnishments, if you, if you don't uh, execute that garnishment order, then you can be responsible for the garnishment yourself as an employer. And that happens. It happens regularly. Maybe you, you, didn't, you didn't respond to the notice. You know, the employee hasn't been around. He's terminated. Uh, but you, you received the notice. You didn't respond and fill it out and send it in. Next thing you know, you got, you'll get some notices along the way, but heaven forbid you ignore those. Because that the, the the last one you're going to get is the one saying you owe three thousand dollars because you didn't withhold you know bills garnishment and bills gone is what you're saying <laughs> bills gone I never, I couldn't have withheld it in the first place well you didn't respond to the no, to the to the notice you oh, didn't tell us wow yeah yeah Thomas I just think it's it's important like you said uh, you would gladly leave your position but I think it's so so important I'm learning a lot here it's so important to have that intelligent and savvy team looking out for us and helping us kind of navigate through again this sort of um, this less glamorous aspect of our businesses. And, you know, you're really helping. Like, you're fighting for the people, right? I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm so um, passionate about the government intrusion on our life. I, it really just, it, it drives me a little batty. Um, but that's why I want to help, uh, help my clients with compliance. I just, I know how, how much of it there is, how important the compliance aspect is. If you want to survive as a small business, then you've got to pay attention to this, but, you, but there's just so much of it. You don't have time. Well, and I don't, I, I don't know what questions to ask, right? Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. So you need a partner, you know, you, you, like I said, you don't need to be a single parent. You don't need to be a single employer. You need someone. And, and sometimes that's more than just like a payroll service provider, right? You, you, you need a PEO, which is why I'm in this business. Yeah. Now, I think we're talking about, uh, you know, how, like uh, we're touching on coaches and mentors and influencers. You're an influencer to a large degree for the clients that you work with. But Thomas, are there any um, influencers that you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration? Well, the biggest influencer in my life has been my uncle. He's the he made me what I am. He's the reason I'm uh, so unusual. Uh, he took me from a young age and and uh, you know gave me the books to read and 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 just has has been there all along the way to to help me understand this this aspect of of life politics economics business um but as far as uh, there's there are several others i mean uh one i i absolutely love is uh john lee dumas i think he might be a a, a mentor of yours as well he absolutely he, he's is, yep. been an inspiration to me to you know improve uh, and to serve and and to just uh, there's a lot of things he's taught uh, me along the way. Uh, so I've been been a big fan of his. Um, 
there's a there's a lot there there are so many inspirational leaders out there that um you know i can spend i i, I don't know if it's if it's investing or if it's wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's easy to get carried away you know just there's a lot of them there's i i'm peter schiff is a great great example of someone that that you can learn a lot from no, that's good. And I feel almost like it's an unfair relationship between me and JLD because he's just giving so much free value that I'm just gobbling up all the time. Uh, it honestly feels unfair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're giving back too. This is Thanks, you man. have a great show and I don't know you're you the get some of the guests that I've heard are it's it's amazing cuz you learn there's so much to learn from everybody. When you think you you think oh, I've heard it all before. And then you get some you, you get some guy on your show and it's like, wow, that, that is, I haven't heard it that way. Or, or, you know, they've, they've done something that's, that you just didn't even, wouldn't have thought to do. And that's, and that's magical. Well, man, means a lot. Thank you so much for that. Uh, those are really nice words. It means a lot. It makes us all worthwhile. And uh, yeah, like you said, I think you know we're all under this entrepreneur umbrella together, but there's so many just individual and personal stories that we're helping to tease out. The JLDs, uh, you know, the Tim Ferrises, and uh, hopefully I'm included in that conversation as well. So um, Thomas, I, I just want to just go back just a second. What were some of those early books that your uncle gave you? Uh, well, The Law. By Frederick Bastiat. It's actually a French guy from way back in the 1800s who just had such clarity of thought and who understands what government is at its core. And uh, so Frederick Bastiat was one, The, the Law is the book that he wrote. Um, there's the uh, creature from Jekyll Island. I'm actually not sure how old that one that one is, but um, what a fantastic book for teaching you about money, which is critical. You have to understand what money is, what currency is, and the role that the Federal Reserve plays in that, I'm going to call it a scam. <laughs> yeah, that fiat <laughs> currency. Yeah, I that love that. fiat I love currency, yep. the fractional reserve banking. I mean, it's insane when you get into it and you you understand it okay so i want to shift gears here a little bit do you love to win or hate to lose and why (laughs) oh well i love to win because i lose too much to hate it i would make my life miserable if i hated losing (laughs) now give our listeners something actionable what do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day i get on the treadmill i lift a few weights, and I watch whatever one of my Netflix shows I'm watching. Awesome. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at your headshot on my external monitor right now. I guess uh, getting on the treadmill helps you keep your uh, youthful exuberance, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the boring way to get the exercise. I, my passion is riding my mountain bike, but you can't, can't always uh, get out, especially right now in Arizona. It's it's uh, pretty hot. If I don't get out on the trail by 6 a.m., then it's not possible. 
and sweltering, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. I want you to boil this down for us. What is the one piece of advice you want to share with our listeners about just going forward and succeeding as an entrepreneur, even with all the government regulation and everything that's included with that, Thomas? Well, I think the most important thing that an entrepreneur needs to understand is their financial statements. You've You've got to ha- focus on making a profit as quickly as possible and, and don't be fooled by cash flow. Don't, don't think that's profit. You've got to understand the relationship between the balance sheet, the P&L statement, the cash flow statement, and you need to focus on making a profit because if you're not making a profit, then you're not going to last very long in whatever it is you're doing unless you have you know some trust fund you're drawing on. Uh, and even then – you owe it to yourself and, and to your clients to make a profit. Yeah, I mean, the words gross and net are two very different words, right? <laughs> just, they are. <laughs> exactly. Now, Thomas, if people want to learn more about you and your business, how can they find you? Well, go to smallbizbrainiac.com, and there's two places you can reach me. There's a On the homepage, there's a place to ask a question. So any employer-related issue you have, just go there and ask me. I'm I'm here. I'm free, but I'm not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to help. I, I really do. Um, and I'm not selling you anything. I I I just I just want to help you. You're gonna fight for them. You're gonna take off the gloves and you're gonna <laughs> fight for them, man. No, sorry. Go ahead. I am. And you can also go to the contact page and reach me there. But uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Thomas Rock Lindsay and on LinkedIn, and let's connect. This has been great. It's been eye-opening. You're certainly giving us a different perspective on a lot of this stuff. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. Rob, thank you so much. I, I, it was an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.